Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, good morning, good evening, and good day. It's only Stupid Answers, the best thing podcast you can put your little ears into. Hosted by the one and only, don't Google it, Sam Badger. <laughs> There's a couple of us. There's a couple Sam Bashers. There's like a Sammy Basher and Uh a female. And uh, I did like a Facebook request. I was like, oh, because, you know, like same name. Mm -hmm. And then like she wrote this like long post about like a breakup. And I was like, uh, and really a lot of inflammatory things written there. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm French. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to leave you to your business. (laughs) I think I invaded. I got you. You do you. you I went too far on this. And of course, Mr. DJ Wolders. That's me. Have you ever tried to look up another DJ? Yeah, I think there's somebody out there, which is surprising because my name, you know, it's, it's, it's weird. It's a Mm -hmm. weird one. We, I'm bummed we never did like a 23 and me ad. Did we ever do a 23 and me? I don't, I'm going to be honest with you. I did a lot of research oh, on, not... on the, the DNA testing, and it made me not want to do, participate. Well, the first round was like a lot of um, uh, Genericans. Yeah. Say, you know, ballpark, plain, white Americans. Yeah. Um, they kept getting like crazy like results where it was like, oh, I had ancestors from Korea or something. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's just the system is like Plinko. It's like yeah. it just kind of lines up your, your DNA and your chromosomes to try to find like where you could be from, where it's similar, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that's where you're from. You yeah. just have some genetic similarities to some places, which happens, which could be ancestors. Yeah. Second round, they got better about it. Yeah. You got to practice. You got to really throw a lot of people in the grinder until yeah, you figure it's out It's just the one right of those, one. like, you're just giving your rights, your genetic rights to somebody that you don't know. And it's like, I don't know what that could mean, mm-hmm. but I'm just going to play it safe. <laughs> but I really want to figure out who I'm really You know what to. I Ancestry.com. do want to do is that the same, some, well, my, my mom's big on that. So it's like, I've got, you know, some, somewhere down the line, I've definitely got some sort of like evil monarch in there that, that was doing bad, if you're bad lucky. stuff. <laughs> well, no, I do. I do actually right. have oh, that. Cool. I wasn't making it up. There's, there's a bad guy in there. Yeah. He's known for hurting people. Uh, but he's way back. All right. So at that point, he's probably had a bunch yeah, of kids. Like 1930. Yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, related to somebody that was like oh i'm related to friends of arthur conan doyle that inspired the baskervilles and hound of the baskervilles do the relative inspired that the hound the basker the family of the baskervilles so not not something cool like i'm related to the person that inspired sherlock holmes no the people that he ended up investigating i'm related to those they were abusing dogs yeah something like that ah well i've never done it but i do want to do it for the dog to see what the because my dog is a mutt so i'm kind of curious about and there's ways to test you can't yes don't but i will say if people do that when i did research on it don't use that as like they might give you advice on treatment trust your vet when it comes to that because the vet has the training to know don't trust the like the people that's just like your dog might be da da da, so look out for da da da. Trust what the vet says; they they know what they're doing. Talk to doctors, but it's it's more like testing your own genetic stuff. It's more for fun mm-hmm. than it is to take it as a hard fact and base your whole medical uh, life around it. I can't wait to see what kind of ads they come up with once they get my spit. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait <laughs> to see. Uh oh, he's got a sensitivity to sugar. Boom! <laughs> Here they are, gang. This is the podcast where we talk about movies, yes, TV shows, yes, video games, yes, comic books, yes. And so much more. Not usually the stuff we opened with. No. <laughs> but it's what's on our mind. Listen, 
We're complicated individuals. Okay. I'll, you know what? May I give a shout out to yes. a great podcast out there called Behind the Bastard? And I've mm-hmm. been listening to it because an investigative journalist uh, and, research, and expert researcher, uh, Robert Evans, uh, is very comedically talented and brings on very funny guests to talk about the bastards you probably don't know about or probably don't know enough about yes. from history. And they're the greatest bastards. And yeah, of course, the, the show's going to make you bummed out. <laughs> of course, yeah. the show's going to really bum me out. But I've been listening to it basically nonstop. I'm on the L. Ron Hubbard one right now, and it's making me sad. <laughs> they, they're Not as all sad kind as of, the other ones. They all kind of make you sad, which yeah. is a little bit, which is a little bit of a bummer. Fun fact, yes. Uh, well, not fun fact because none of it's fun. <laughs> um, you familiar with the the guy, the permanently president for life dictator of Turkmenistan? No. Mm. Well, John Oliver did an episode on his son. On his, pre- mm, on his that sounds right. On his that sounds right predecessor, right? No, you no, know, no. I was just thinking about yeah. this the other day. The, who follows after? That's not predecessor. Uh, what would it? His son. They've been off. Like they, that show doesn't come back until like next weekend, and it's like wow, you missed a lot. You, you have a lot to catch up on. Anyway, anyways, uh, Turkmenistan. If you want to look at crazy statues that they've built, they've built so many marble stat, white marble statues. There's a giant neutrality uh statue that they have or, mm-hmm. or monument in the center of the capital of Turkmenistan that can be seen like 50 kilometers away at the airport like mm, but it's geez. on the top of it it's a tower that goes up to a gold statue yeah of the uh of the the dictator basically um yeah. and he has one well, superman's cape on basically and cool. he is rotating all the time Jeez. so that you he follows the sun and everyone in the whole city can see him all the time anyways we don't talk about politics we don't talk the about show, really. all that but what we do talk about normally when we open the episode this week because birds of prey just came out mm-hmm. uh but if you haven't gone to see it go see it go support this movie because it's very good um we're going to be talking about harley quinn but before we dive into that we'd like to start off with what we're into this week and sam uh there was something i wanted to discuss with you because we haven't had a chance to talk about it yet um, but I don't know about you. For you, for me, it was kind of a light week in comics. Um, but one of the comics I did pick up, um, there was a letter Kenny reference in Lois Lane. I want to point that out. That Very th- cool. Yeah, that was like, that weirded me out. Greg Rucko's probably a fan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Renee Montoya and Superman have a conversation about letter Kenny. That was weird. <laughs> but the comic I want to discuss was your boy, Chip Zdarsky, mm-hmm. um, is writing with the Dodsons on art, is doing, uh, it's like, X4 or something. The X-Men Fantastic Four crossover. 4X. 4X. Dealing with the um, uh, what's going on in the X-Men comics, which if you don't read the X-Men comics, Jonathan Hickman has basically revamped the entire franchise. They've all, all the mutants have settled on this one island that's a living island. um, And it's kind of eschewed a lot, gotten rid of a lot of the superhero element in favor of like sci-fi, espionage, political drama type stuff. And this is dealing with the X-Men have basically cloistered them off, themselves off on this island. And the Fantastic Four's son, Reed Richards, who, uh, Storm's son, is a mutant. And so they're basically like, we want all the mutants. Burn, give us your son. Mm. Less many than that, but just barely. Yeah. Um, all of it, they do a good job of showing that Reed Richards, if you weren't, if you're confused, is still kind of an asshole. Yeah, this is definitely, I think, building off of Civil War and all the Illuminati stuff and reminding you that professor x and reed richards have a long history of being dicks but what did you what did you think of the comic i i dug it mainly because it was like ah, fantastic four are pretty powerful but it, um you got all these mutants here. Mm-hmm. Gonna, so many mutants and a lot of like brain ones like you got a lot of, uh, <laughs> you got brain, of brain ones, ones. <laughs> um i did i like what they're setting up because also uh, 
Franklin Richards can basically just do anything he wants. He can rewrite all of reality if he wants yeah. to birth universes if he's like bored. If you but ever they, read the Onslaught saga. <laughs> yeah, but right now he is um his power is draining. And yes. They don't know why. And I kinda like that like little explanation where it's like there's God energy and yeah. he's cut off from it. Which I'm like, okay, so there's a reason for him to go. I also don't know why they're trying so hard to, like, like if I was dad they they hint to the fact that maybe he's not trying too hard and it's like honestly if I was his dad I'd be like, No, that's okay. It's okay if that energy drains. That's that's a lot. <laughs> what I get I bet you also get it because it's if you get caught trying to not work on the kid mm-hmm. and stuff find up they actually talk about it. Like if uh, if we find out that he wasn't trying to help us He's a bad person. Like for yeah. Ben Grimm, it's like, especially for Ben. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's also your son. And if you cross him, like you really want to raise him to be a good guy. But if Franklin had a freak out, uh, yeah, all everything ends. <laughs> so you like it's kind of, yeah. parenting's hard. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and overall, I really enjoyed it because I like Chip's takes. Like he yeah. also, I read his newsletter, and he was like, "Yeah, I found this random crossover of the Fantastic Four and the X Men back from the '80s, which they referenced in this yeah. issue." And he was like, yeah, so it's the, the one with Kitty Pride having a, having a, kind of a rapport with Franklin, right? Yeah. yeah. And they, uh, he was like, yeah, I hounded Jonathan Hickman at a Marvel retreat until <laughs> he get, he he bent to my will, so now I get <laughs> yeah. to write this book. Yeah. And uh, it's very, it's I, I super enjoyed the setup. By the way, so I'm gonna read the rest of it. Yeah, I really dug it. And Chip had Daredevil come out this week. Yes, and ooh, baby, I really like what they're. I like what they're doing and with Matt right now. They've teased that he's going to be back in his red costume Which, soonish. Like revamped like a little bit. It, it looks cool. And, and it's Marco Cicchetto is on art. And he's so good. He did a Punisher run with Greg Rucka. And his art is so beautiful. And, and it's for me, if I didn't, if I haven't like followed a series from the jump, just I don't pick it up just to say because you got to cut you got to cut your losses somewhere you know what I mean uh, it's the same reason I couldn't find issue three of the Marauders and so now I don't pick up the Marauders just because I need to save money um, I will say going back to the, the X4 mm-hmm. it is very well written and the Dotsons are very good on art and and so it's a very well made comic and so if you're into that definitely pick it up I will say I will probably not pick it up and I think for me it's finally cemented my kind of issue with the current X-Men slate because they're a drag, man. Like they're they're just, it's it's well written, but they're all dicks. I, I just don't enjoy. I just I just don't like any of the people. I don't, <laughs> I don't like the X Men right now, which is a bummer. Like I, I can't find, like I I don't see how they can see themselves. It just doesn't read like the X Men to me. Mm-hmm. And um, like everybody sounds like Magneto because even Kitty is supposed to be kind of like our window, and it just feels like she's manipulating Franklin. And so there's there's nobody really to root for, which is a weird thing to, um, you don't necessarily always need that, but you know the superheroes, you know it's aspirational and stuff like that, and it's and and everybody's arguments, I I really especially appreciated uh, Franklin's being a little bit pissy, uh, which is common with teenage characters, but I liked the way. Chip wrote his way out of that mm-hmm. with the conversation with Reed and Sue, uh, and about the and then and then Franklin's conversation with Ben, which contextualized it in a way that made me more forgiving of his pissy teenager antics. Which is like, if a teenager's going to be pissy, probably going to be Franklin because yeah, yeah. Uh, it's hard to probably regulate his emotions more than other people. Yeah, and so it's none of a which is also a, that's. That could be a cop out for writing shitty characters, but yeah, overall, but, no, but, but like it's, uh, pissy teenagers is a common thing in genre stuff, and normally it's very grating. And I thought he did a good job of getting his way out of that. So it's good, it's good. I just don't like the X Men right now, and I don't like reading them, and I don't, and and it and it bums me out because it's it's the quality is there, the quality of writing there is just not clicking for me. Um, and this was just that moment. It's like, man, I just don't. 
I don't like any of these characters right now. And, and, um, so I, I don't know if I'm going to, I'm going to stick with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll keep you posted. No, thanks. But I will uh, check out giant size X-Men with Phantom X just because that's my boy. Got to. Yeah. And also all the complications with him right now. Yeah. And, and I think it's Rod Reese is the artist on new mutants yep. right now. And he's, he's going to really be good. doing that as well. And the reason they're doing it is apparently Rod Reese went to Jonathan Hickman. He's like, I want to do a character that lets me do weird stuff with panel layout and stuff. And so they decide on Phantom X. I'm like, I don't know what that's going to look like, but I'm down to see it. Also cool that a, uh, an artist who they're equal, you yeah. know, but they were able to pitch like a character that they wanted to do. So is he writing or is he just doing the art? Jonathan Hickman is writing and he's doing the art. Cool. Um, and I think, and it's, and it's cool too. Cause it's not like a full, full commitment. It's not like a new Phantom X series or whatever. It's, uh, you just get to, uh, uh, Test the Waters. They're also coming out with a new Juggernaut series, which is an interesting take on Juggernaut because it's leaning into the fact that he is a big part of the X-Men franchise, but he is not a mutant. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't get to go to Mutant Island. And him, I don't know if it's five issues worth of story, but he's not, he's, Could he's be. trying to process that, which is like, I'm, I'm glad they're paying attention to that stuff because it always did, as a kid, it was always weird when you're like, wait, Juggernaut is from a magic gem? Like, what? Wait, what? Yeah. And like, it's it's so complicated. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm going to be checking out at least an issue of each of those. And also, like, um, X-Factor's coming out, and they're yeah. they're really doing every X-Book because I, I'm on board with what they're doing. Because, yeah. yes, you're not wrong that they're all assholes, but also, even though Cyclops sounded, like, super menacing when he said it, there is, like, a, a kernel of truth where it's like, man, like, the whole world really does hate the X-Men. Like, they <laughs> hate they hate mutants yeah so it's like yeah you get pushed around enough we're gonna go do something else like and yeah. also they're like sequestering themselves off so that you can go be moody over on your island by yourself and now you have other islands coming over to have i did like that own your other i islands. actually did like that issue of x-men i also liked in i don't know what it one, means yeah <laughs> i don't I also know what it means liked in this issue where uh the chip was allowed to kind of like take the piss out of the concept a little bit like because ben grimm is like what you're just you're just making another genosha yeah you know what i mean and i was like that's that's cool i'm gonna check out they're coming out with a new wolverine series of course i'm gonna check that out um and they're coming out with a new cable series which i actually like what they've been doing with young cable uh when i checked out um fallen angels and the second issue of x-men i liked the direction they took the character so i'm gonna check that out but like i'm gonna be honest i'm not picking up what is it? Children of the Atom. It's like too many number ones. I want to start. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna wait till I hear good things about it, and then I might might drop in. What do you think of these Strange Academy teas? I mean, I'm it? all about. I don't know if I read the teas yet, but I love the concept, and it's one of those. I think we talked about this another time. I think it's one of those concepts. Like, well, yeah, why haven't they done this already? Like, it's such a cool idea. You had like a million Shield Academies. You didn't do yeah. one magic one. <laughs> yeah, you, Hogwarts in the Marvel universe. Yeah, like that's great. I mean, and I'm excited. That it's a bunch of new characters. Like, so it's, I think it's Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch are like teaching and then all the magic characters are new. It's like, yes, and like, very on board. They, in the tease, they also said like, we have some guest teachers coming like Nico Minora and like Great. all these other ones. Big Lots fan. of cool stuff. Um, well, speaking of um, younger magic and, and younger skewing stuff, you had a chance to check out uh, Lock and Key. Lock and Key. The first uh, two episodes? One. One episode. episode. Okay. And that, that series is really near and dear to my heart. Um, yeah, it's one of your writer's eyes. Pretty perfect. There's like very. Also, they got the guy named Calvin Hobbs to come out to do one issue, like mm-hmm. the one right in the middle, and it's yeah. so sweet. Um, that's actually pretty scary. There's some scary elements to it, yeah. but uh, it's one of the. It's a perfect balance of like that. It, it is like kind of a YA book, but it does have more mature themes throughout, yeah. which it deals with grief, also like alcoholism, and it does in a mm-hmm. way where it's not like Iron Man invents a suit that it takes iron to alcohol out mm-hmm. of him or whatever. Like yeah. the goddamn demon in a bottle thing. You're not gonna make me. Uh, it's old. I'm not gonna read old. that. Ugh, it doesn't. Pff, I can't read digitally. No thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, no, lock and key is really important to me. So watching the first trailer, I was like lukewarm on it. Yeah, because it had the, specifically the music reminded me a lot of like Harry Potter, which felt like a weird direction for that series. Which is fine because you know, like there is a really cool element to these keys that like should be exciting to kids. Like that's the point is that kids are supposed to find these and get yeah. excited about them and mm-hmm. utilize them and not abuse them the way adults would. Yeah. Um, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I'll still use them. Also, kids can be shitty too. Yeah, uh, shocker. You, no one ever thinks Spoiler. about evil demons that could be birthed because of this. Mm-hmm. No one thinks about that. Um, yeah. So I checked out the first episode. I live tweeted it. Also, the Lock and Key Twitter account was tweeting with me, and that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it was one in the morning. I was real tired. Uh, and it's different immediately right off the bat. It is very tonally different, and I think the closest thing is you. We we're talking off camera, and like some people have equated to Stranger Things. I don't think. I don't think that's a fair equivalent, and you don't also get that vibe. I, don't, I don't get that vibe at, really at all because um, it doesn't. There's a there's a uh, ethos. Let's go ahead. Let's run with that yeah. one. Um, to like Stranger Things, it has this like the eighties. It's yes. the eighties ethos to it, mm-hmm. and the, that's not in this. Okay, it's more Riverdale. It's okay. more like so a they CW emphasize like the light. teen drama aspect of it, but also budgetary wise like um, but like so you get both of those where it's like it's better than a cw show but it's like you knock on their door to borrow some sugar like it's the Mm -hmm. same you get you get similar vibes i think that also makes sense because i think sabrina's like doing great on netflix so it makes sense they'd want um it's a you kind of get vibes of uh they the showrunner read the book and was like okay what can we expand on and for me it's like oh well he just like introduce all these keys that we only get like panels of. So when no. we talk about that, it's like, yeah, but like, what if we learned, what if the kids were just like regular kids and they weren't dealing with the trauma that they were dealing with in the book, the way that they dealt with it. And they're just going to deal with it the way regular kids on TV shows deal with it. Ugh. So like the son is like, you're the not o- selling me. The, like the older son, like takes this, like kind of like stoic position in the comic where he's like clearly suffering. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. clearly not doing well. And he also doesn't have like the social skills to really talk about it. Yeah. And so as you see it, like, and he never is the one to, become violent now the character in the show isn't like that but you get this kind of just like more bro-y vibe from him he's not acting like a bro mm. but you get the vibe from it the and the older the the middle child the sister yeah. is acting actually pretty more well-adjusted than her character which mm-hmm. i actually kind of like the best one is bodie which is bodie which uh, in my okay, head it was right, Bode, Bode, yeah. but it's like so i just gotta say bodie which makes sense That's, yeah but just, it feels like there should be an eye in there if it's bodie or like a little accent little tick. Uh, yeah. um He's so Georgie from It Chapter Two. He really sells cool. it. Cool, good casting. And uh, also, I don't know if you know this, but the guy who plays Iceman in the original X Men series has a twin that also acts. Who, oh yeah, yeah, he was Jimmy Olsen in Smallville. Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. And so he is the uncle who Great. helps um, who helps him kind of get adjusted. That's actually really good casting because I remember liking the uncle, and he's a likable actor. So then they also really. Uh, what is it? They kind of soften up the edges of how the dad died. Um, but the guy they got to play the obsessive kid, mm-hmm. it's like, whoa. Like, yeah. it doesn't look like the guy in the book, but that is, that's the guy. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Cra- It's really, his name is Sam, which is, I'm like, fuck, I hate when, they, fuck, I hate when my name pops up and shit. Yeah. Very common name, so I can't yeah. get mad about it. John's probably furious everywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I uh, first episode, they've totally changed it. Um, also, I kind of like which key he finds first, because mm-hmm. in the book he finds the ghost key uh, the right? ghost key so if, if you don't aren't familiar it's a key that if you put it in a specific door turn it walk through your soul can escape through its body and fly around and yeah. you can be a ghost and you can fly back in your body and you're good to go uh he finds the anyway key for anywhere key first mm-hmm. and he tests it out and that's actually pretty cool because that's like if i were a kid that's the key i'd want more than the yeah. ghost one because you can go anywhere you want and yeah. um they also set up some pretty interesting rules right off the bat anyways 
Those are my quick thoughts on the premiere. I do not hate it. It is different, so I'm willing to give it Cool. Uh, it, it's room to kind of grow and change. Also, um, they do add, they've kind of morphed some of the keys. You remember like reading it, there's like a key that like changes your gender if you walk through yeah. it or, or it's like one like changes your race. And you're that, like, that one, yeah. that issue was like, was, was dated. So they, <laughs> good, I, good hearts in the right place. It's a little dated. And that one was with a mirror. So yeah. what they've changed, I think they've kind of just combined both of them and mm-hmm. it's the key that can change your face. Gotcha. So you can change identities and I think that's how they explain main villain mm-hmm. is that it's not they're going to look very different from each other that's why you can't really like be like oh i kind of recognize you from something yeah. so i'm like okay you're doing it also they're already introducing new keys like right off the bat that aren't in the book yeah. and i'm like okay this is one's like fire so we'll like, give it a shot it. we'll give it a shot did you hear the news that they lost their lead for the why the last man show uh yes and it's the kid from dunkirk and he was chernobyl. in chernobyl yeah yeah, yeah. uh barry koenig yeah and because he's in Eternals. yeah and uh, it's like yeah, i've seen him be good and mm-hmm. like that's not like the worst thing but also just like what's going on with these two mm-hmm. what's going on with like these two franchises in Lockheed particular Lockheed. 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 yeah man. it's like yeah. they're my two favorite and like they're set up to work for this <laughs> like, you know more than anything yeah. like when you hear like they're doing a dr strange movie he's like yeah go for it be like wow they got really heady that's crazy and then they do it and you're mm-hmm. like whoa okay they yeah. can they can do anything and then you watch this and it's like oh not everything yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. they can't do everything but by the way there was news this week that sam raimi may be directing dr strange too yeah that kicks yeah, ass that would be especially if we get like um uh what would drag me to hell uh sam raimi Yes, please. So, and also, everyone's posting that clip from one of the Spider-Man movies. I guess it's the first one where he's like Doctor Strange. He's like, no, that name's already. Taken. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, and apparently, there's other interviews that surface that like Sam Raimi's been kind of like, he's like, I'm not asking, but whenever anyone asks if I want to do a Marvel Studios movie, I'm mm-hmm. always like, hey, if they want to reach out, go for it. So yeah. it sounds like he's excited. Who, who knows? You know, and he, he did that Oz movie, which I never saw, but I heard wasn't great. But like, Very I think bad. I think there's there's good potential there. No, like Evil Dead, Army of Darkness. There's a yeah, lot man. of like and kooky, I, scary stuff, which kooky, is a fun scary one. stuff, which is really good. And I still think like his Spider Man trilogy is one is is a benchmark for modern superhero films. So uh, I'm excited, and, and I'm excited that maybe since he's done the superhero superhero thing, that he'd be willing to go pretty different and for Doctor Strange because Doctor Strange isn't technically a super. He's part of that world, but he's not technically a superhero. But also the movie that he might be doing is pretty saddled with stuff that is true because he's coming in in a sequel and it's supposed to introduce a bunch of other stuff so there's not a lot of room for him to be him it's like one division yeah gotta, and you gotta do loki and it's all this and it's like okay I am right. excited though. Apparently, the, the movie's getting a rewrite from the Loki showrunner, which is also happening. I think the person writing the set Captain Marvel sequel wrote um, WandaVision. And so I like that there's enough confidence in these writers for the shows that they're jumping onto the movies as well. Yeah. Or it's like a Scott Buck thing where they're cheap and they're getting him. Don't say that. Don't do not do that to me. You, I think you the, have to listen, think about I think the, it. I think you have to the think Loki, about it. I think the Loki guy uh, it's probably was from be good. Rick and Morty, so I'm, hope, yeah. I'm hopeful. Yeah, it might be good. Yeah, and I hope, and it's probably going to be good. It's probably going to be good. Yeah, yeah, to bring up Scott Buck. Hey, listen, you know what? Speaking of scary movies, speaking of Sam Raimi, let's talk about AMC Shutter. Oh, yes, please. Let's talk about AMC Network's Shudder. It's a premium streaming video service super serving members of the best selection in genre entertainment covering horror, thrillers, and the supernatural. Shudder's expanding library of film, TV series, and originals is available on most streaming devices in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., Ireland, and Germany. Now, I learned about Shudder, DJ, I don't know about you, but at Fantastic Fest because they're one yeah. of the leading sponsors. So they're people who really are behind some of the most uh, innovative and creative horror and genre pieces out there, and it's 
cool that there being like an active archive and being able to show more people uh, classic films and TV series. It's, anyways, I'm just a big fan of what they're all about because they have 100%. some of my favorite movies that I can't find anywhere else exclusively on Shutter. but I know you used it recently. Yeah, I just watched uh, Blood and Black Lace, which is an early giallo film, which is kind of like Italian genre films from like the 60s. And the cool thing about that for all you comic nerds out there like me is that there's a killer in it that looks exactly like the question from DC Comics. He wears this like mask that's like skin colored, so it looks like he has a featureless face. And I was looking it up that movie came out in 1964 which is actually before steve ditko created the question so i don't know i don't know if they one influenced the other but it's just this fun murder mystery thriller and it's really cool to go on an app like they actually have a section dedicated to giallo films which is if you're a horror fan that's amazing they have a section called slashix which are all the old slasher films sam and i are both Big fans of Mandy. That's on there. Oh, it's the most Nick Cagey movie you could ever imagine, boys and girls. So please go check it out. And guess what? You can stream great thrillers, horror, and supernatural for only $5.99 a month or $56.99 a year. You could, I like it when they have annual or monthly options, so that's yeah. amazing. And Shudder has the largest and fastest growing human curated selection of thrilling and dangerous entertainment. It's the Netflix of horror. It's amazing. And Shudder features the best movie which they label as One Cut of the Dead, which I fully endorse. <laughs> and not just me, they have the best horror movie of 2019, Tigers Are Not Afraid, according to Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, I saw that at um, Fantastic, Fantastic Fest, Fest as well. Yeah, and yeah, So yeah. they scooped up both of those movies at Fantastic Fest. So wait, hold on. We endorse Fantastic Fest, and Shudder endorses Fantastic Fest. So I feel like this is kind of like a perfect little sandwich. Yeah, and it's, I've been really enjoying uh, the time spent on Shudder. There's so many fun, cool, hard-to-find movies on there. So it's definitely a great app if you're into horror. If you know somebody that in the horror it can be a great gift and like we mentioned they have new original series right now you can go check out the deadlands it actually features a slain maori warrior who's come back to the land of the living to redeem his sins it actually sounds really cool it does and we got spirits now walking the earth and there's like a rift he needs to seal it sounds amazing and you can check out new episodes streaming every thursday so please on us go check out the deadlands and everything that shutter has to offer and guess what gang we got a deal just for you. To try Shutter free for 30 days, go to Shutter.com and use the promo code STUPID. That's S-H-U-D-D-E-R.com and you use the promo code STUPID to go in for 30 days and check out all these movies we're talking about because it's it's so much fun. They have so many amazing movies. So once you watch them, tweet at us, Please. let us know, and tell your friends. We got a deal over here. Old Only Stupid Answers says... Shudder's a good boys and girls. Now back to the show. All right. Uh, so let's dive into the Lady of the Hour. Yes. Can I ask something really quick? Yes. So the Super Bowl happened. We just mentioned Loki. There was an ad for Disney Plus's shows. Yeah. What do you think? So we got one ad for Falcon Winter Soldier. We got an ad for WandaVision. Well, it was the one ad, but in it was Falcon Winter Soldier, WandaVision, and very briefly Loki. Because they shot a week ago, mm-hmm. uh, and so they used the first thing they shot, and they put it in the trailer. All three look really good. Also Owen Wilson. Oh, Owen yeah, Wilson yeah, yeah. Who's he supposed to be? There's rumors know. that they're supposed to be like young Loki and lady Loki and it's like I'm way into that like that be really I don't know how you explain it within the con it might also be a good way to because the mechanism that creates the mighty Thor Jane Foster's Thor doesn't exist in the movies like the fact that he's Donald Blake and he becomes Thor mm-hmm. so maybe having the multiple versions of a Loki is a good way to like hey this is a thing it happens yeah, 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 this, yeah with yeah, the Ars Guardians it happens yeah uh, and they also um what they what they mentioned oh the time variance or variable agency the thing on his jacket oh yeah, is yeah. from a time travel it's like the time masters for DC it's great like, they're police for time travel shenanigans and that's what he's doing so love it uh, so big he might fan be of a that. prison breakout scene that would be great um and I liked all the Wanda stuff with uh um, with the multiple sitcoms, I do kind of hope. It's like I don't know if you can make a whole series 
out of that. Can, so, I, can I tell you what I saw, though? Yeah. Okay, so it's... Uh, I love seeing the classic suit, by the way. And I think that's the... It's it's the same way that Netflix did the old suits. It's like sort of out of context. Yeah. yeah. So you get... Um, you get modern Wanda, yeah. you get Dick Van Dyke Wanda, yes. you get Brady Bunch Wanda, yeah. and you get Married with Children, yeah. basically. And the Married with Children one, she's got the big teased out hair, yeah. and he's in, Vision's in the, literally the uh, thing he wore in the Vision comic, which made me really happy, like awesome. the exact plaid. But he accidentally drops a binky. Mm-hmm. So I think they're probably going to do their kids. I definitely think there's a push between uh, Miss Marvel and all the other stuff. I de- and and um, the stuff with Aunt Scott Lang's kid in the movie. I think we're, they're setting up Young Avengers. My, like it's happening. My Also, I think that after... Or Champions if they wanted to name it that. If they want to do like extra dimensional threats like a Mephisto or something else. Like yeah. he, she's got her own demon, which I don't know how to pronounce out loud. Yeah. Um, it's just one you read, and that's yeah. what it is. Uh, in what if after taking on Thanos by herself, and basically she was going to win, and he mm-hmm. just happened to like knock her out? Yeah, I would like the idea that now an extra dimensional entity is like taking advantage of that specific yeah. like. Oh, and she's grieving mm. a lot, and she is more powerful than any other beings on this planet right yeah. now, except for that robot. And we got to bring that robot back so we can control <laughs> that robot. Yeah. Anyways, super, also, that was the one I got most excited for, except for when Cap did the the the. Halftime show where U.S. agent shows up and does a high five. Like mm-hmm. I like that. That was pretty funny. And uh, what like I want to see Sam throw that uh, shield as he's. I will say all, all the Falcon Winter Soldier stuff looked cool. Reminded me a lot of Winter Soldier. Uh, and if you go for that five, that's great. I will say the nerd in me was like, when, when Sam throws the shield, you're like, oh yeah, Cap had superpowers because it it just doesn't look like a human should be able to do. That. <laughs> hey, maybe after Iron Man snap, every every superhero's got super got strength. Some sort of super strength, but I'm excited for all the shows. I'm excited that I think they're all six episodes, which feels smart. Oh, such a nice yeah. crisp amount. Let's, I mean, they, given the right story, they could still feel too long. But I'm hoping <laughs> Mandalorian gave me hope that that you know Disney's learning the right lessons from Netflix. Um, and I think of all the brands that should have enough data <laughs> or response to know what to fix on stuff, Marvel's from the Netflix shows should kind of know, like, hey, let's do this and not do that. Uh, so Terry Fournier says, I finished Lock and Key last night. I loved it. Very cool. And I see the Riverdale vibe. Uh, Bodie is really great. Really like uh, – uh, I think they nailed it as a child actor. Very cool. And Maggie's saying, I don't know about those teasers. They didn't grab me. I guess I'm still burnt on Mar- burnt out on Marvel. I get it. Yeah. But you need to fix that because Black Widow's coming out soon. It's coming out. Also, uh, August is when we're getting Falcon Winter Soldier, so probably time for my birthday. Yeah, and, and but uh, I think it's so supposed to be... Was it August, Falcon Winter Soldier? September is Mandalorian... Like they once a month, they've got a new show like once a month. Oh no, it's it's August is August is um is uh Falcon Winter Soldier. Then it's October's Mandalorian, and then it's December for um WandaVision. If you can do production value of the Mandalorian because that was cool as shit. Also, they've already overshot what they thought they were going to make from it. So it's like okay, they're not gonna they're not gonna shrink on what like they're not gonna shrink it down the content they're making. Anyways, we're gonna talk about a different universe, yeah. but I did want to say last thing. Toy Story Four is now on the app. I'm gonna be watching that tonight and <laughs> crying like a baby. Okay, crying very, tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's very excited. So keep an eye out for my tweets because I'll be posting. <gasps> How are we not? Uh, 
sorry, I rewatched The Good Place and I finished the podcast and I'm sad about that. Yeah. Um, anyways, let's go ahead and hop into Harley Quinn. Harley that's the, Quinn. That's yeah. the superhero movie of the week. Yep. <laughs> we got to talk, we talk about the superhero movie of the week. If you guys missed our review, you can go to YouTube.com slash Only Stupid Answers. Um, I think it's fair to say that Sam and I were both fans mm-hmm. of it. Um, I'm excited to go see it again. My wife didn't uh, wasn't able to go with us, so I'm excited to go take her. Um, and you know what I was really excited about? I'm not normally excited about being wrong, uh, but I was excited about being wrong on the critical response because uh, critics yeah, seem to be way into it. And, and I'm, I'm glad because I'm hoping that I, – I, I'm hoping this movie does really well at the box office because there's some, some um, elements – working against it that's a dump and so i i hope that the that the, the snyder crowd isn't happy and you know they should go see it because there's stuff in there for them too what what part of the side what's what is to be upset about the snyder cut people what part of it does not work with what snyder did women oh you know what's funny though um something that made me think about uh something i appreciate about the dc brand right now and i and i don't know why it is this way but between the shows and the movies, they've just kind of effortlessly been more diverse than what Marvel's doing. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, because obviously the CW shows, that's been a big part of their with, with Supergirl and Batwoman and Black Lightning and all that stuff. But the Suicide Squad movie, for all its flaws, the two leads were a black man and a woman. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? The Justice League, you had like, whereas the Avengers are like 90% Chris is a white yeah. guy's named Chris. Like the Justice League had Jason Momoa and Ray Fisher and uh, the most successful character out of all of them was Wonder Woman. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, uh, and, you, and so Birds of Prey doesn't feel like, like if they were, Marvel was to do an A-Force movie, it would feel kind of like pandery it's like the scene in avengers endgame where all the women come together yeah which i didn't hate that scene but rewatching it you're like this is this was a which, reshoot and you can feel it by the way i just want to say just do an avengers movie but just reverse it to where the original avengers movie where it's like all girls and one guy you know what i mean like <laughs> throw and, a hawkeye it's just, in there it's just avengers it's avengers, just avengers. avengers it doesn't need to be a force it can just be the avengers yeah there's enough of those badass ladies that it can just be the avengers but the point being that when dc does this birds of prey it, it feels like a natural, like Harley Quinn was easily the standout of Suicide Squad. Margot Robbie is a superstar, just continually on the rise. Like it just makes sense. And I brought up, oh man, I don't know if I have that in front of me, but I, I saw an interview with her where she talked about the reason she decided, because she's a producer on this, she decided to push for this as opposed to um, Gotham, Gotham City, City Sirens. Sirens. Yeah. Well, she felt that like Batman villains, specifically like Catwoman, have already have a pretty solid following. Mm-hmm. And when she was doing research on Harley, she came across Birds of Prey, and she saw within Huntress and Black Canary characters that were in Renee Montoya, she saw characters that don't necessarily get the press as the Bat villains do that could use a limelight. And the way I kind of interpreted what she's saying is like, listen, Warner Brothers was going to give me a Harley Quinn movie. I, you know what I mean? Like a Margot Robbie, Harley Quinn's is the bomb. They were going to give me uh, a Harley Quinn movie. So I decided to use that as an opportunity to showcase characters like Black Canary and Huntress. And I'm, I'm a big supporter of that. By the way, Hot Ones episode just came out with her in it. It's and great. Very good. And it's so fun. I'm proud of her for yes. having I – mean, they, they did the bomb, mm-hmm. which is good. I was but they, they had to have probably dumbed them down like a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not dumbed them down is the wrong way. Just – Watered him down. Yeah, watered him down because she was she was struggling. And um, I guess spoilers for hot ones. Like the rest of the cast is there. So why don't you just sub? They do one, that all the time. Because yeah. why don't you just sub one of them in? Like why doesn't Journey come in? Like okay, I'm going to finish this off for you because she was not uh-uh. struggling at the end. Also good for Ella J. Bosco for coming mm-hmm. in and eating. She was like maybe you just gave her a chicken nugget. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe she ate it. Maybe she did. 
Maybe I just wouldn't want to be responsible if a kid got hurt on a set. But that was a really, I watched that as well. And it's really, it was because it was one of those weird moments. It's like, I know Margot Robbie's Australian, but I don't know if I've ever heard her speaking her actual with the Australian accent. It's like always surprising. Yeah. And also speaking, when she talked about her stunts, when they were talking about focus, that Will Smith movie she did, yeah. where they're, they're like pickpocket, they're, they're thieves. Yeah. But she learned how to be a, expert pickpocketer and mm-hmm. they're like yeah can you do it again he's like yeah but i did it yeah it's like yeah but we didn't see it mm-hmm. he's like, but then what, what are we doing yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah i learned how to do it also the five minutes of holding your breath was very yeah. impressive because as a kid because like, we do swim mm-hmm. and like we would do swim i swam yeah. <laughs> uh we, we would we would always challenge each other to who could hold their breath the longest or who could swim the furthest i don't think there's anybody on the team that could hold their breath for five minutes well and i like how casually she spoke about like once you know what's happened because they explain like you know, you're going to, after about a couple minutes, you're going to start convulsing and you just have to get through that. And then this is going to happen. And you're like, you see, you just made it, you made it sound like if you understood that and make it better. And I don't see how though, like yeah, I, you, you, I still wait, don't think I could do it. They said you spasm and then it stops, but you still feel awful. And then it gets worse. And you're like, what? Yeah. Every, so every fire alarm goes off in your brain and your body to tell yeah. you to go up for air. And yeah. you're like, no, just don't listen to that. And you can make it. Yeah. And then you have to like, you, you have to, there's a certain way you have to go back up the oxygen. You're like, yeah, you're making it sound like it's no big deal. And it still sounds like that a big sounds deal. Like, what is it like? Uh, air bubbles in your blood and yeah. you die. Yeah. yeah. Or bends, so the bends, the bends yeah. yeah. Fuck. But, uh, but Anyways, it was you great. you do it, apparently. <laughs> it was great and she's really impressive and I like when she go at the end when they do the like, you know, uh, talk about whatever you're advertising and she like the switch flipped and she like went into performance mode and was like, wow, that's, that's she's a pro. I can't believe she has not won an act, an Oscar. She's won, she's yeah. been nominated twice and I think she's nominated this year. Yeah, for either Bombshell or Once Upon oh, a Time in Hollywood. By the time this is coming out, the Oscars are out, so. Well, no. Uh, whoops. We're, on sa- we're doing this Saturday. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the so for Harley Quinn, um, like we've been around for most, she's, she's a relatively new character. She was introduced in Batman, the animated series, uh, season one, episode 22, Joker's favor, which is actually a really interesting episode. Like a guy accidentally like honks at a car in front of him and it ends up being the Joker uh-huh. and the Joker like coerces him into helping him, uh, which is just one of those cool, like Batman the animated series type premises, uh, obviously created by Bruce Tim and Paul Dini. And for those that don't know, Bruce Tim was the showrunner on Batman the animated series and a big part of its success. And Paul Dini was one of the, the main writers, like any given episode of Batman the animated series or um, one of my favorite episodes in Superman the animated series is Mr. Mixie Spitalik, which was written by Paul Dini. Any given episode of that, Justice League, you loved it. It's probably written by Paul Dini. Um, and she was originally voiced by Arlene Sorkin, who was formerly of the soap opera Days of Our Lives, which in that, apparently, there's like a dream sequence where she dresses up as a clown, which inspired Harley Quinn. And so cool. that's the reason they went to her to see if they could, uh, if she could voice it. And apparently it was also based a little bit on a mutual female friend, a quote here from Bruce Tim, who had a stormy but nonviolent relationship that kind of inspired the Joker-Harley mm-hmm. relationship. Which is uh, stormy and violent, if we're being honest about that. There you go. So her origin was first introduced in the Batman Adventures um, uh, series, Mad Love. Yeah, which was like a standalone comic. There you go. And it won an Eisner. Wow, that's crazy. And a Harvey Award. Which is like an Eisner. It's another comic book award that I think, if I remember correctly, it was a replacement for uh, the Kirby Award, which I guess went away. But it's like, wait, we have a, a reward named after Jack Kirby and we're not. Who's the Harvey one? Yeah, I don't. Harvey is another famous. Uh, kind of, he's not Jack Kirby. Yeah. Boo. And that episode did. And and this is how I know Harley's origin is that comic got adapted into an episode of Batman, the new Batman Adventures, which was like the sequel to Batman. They had like Nightwing and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I don't. I never read that comic, but you still have a vague understanding of Harley's 
origin and stuff like that. Uh, in 1999, her first canon comic appearance as part of the comic universe proper was actually uh, – it was uh, labeled as a graphic novel. I don't know if it's a graphic novel or like just a standalone issue uh, called Batman Harley Quinn, which is actually part of the No Man's No Man Land's No Man's Land, excuse me, crossover. And then in 2001, she got her first solo series um, written by Carl Kessel with art by Terry Dotson. And I didn't realize wow. it ran 38 issues. I didn't. For me, for some reason, her new 52 series is her first solo series. Yeah, because, well, also, the Dodsons were working that long ago? Yeah. Wow, good for them. I mean, I, everyone's been working longer than I have yes. think. They all, most, they're all old men. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they're all old uh, they men. They are. Um, but yeah, that's amazing. And the first live action portrayal of Harley was actually in the Birds of Prey series, shout out. Yeah. Hey, it made an appearance in Christ on Infinite Earths. Yep, back in 2002. And she, of course, she was the main uh, antagonist. You can't have the Joker. Yeah, yeah, Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. And she didn't never had the costume in that, although she did wear an outfit in the finale that like homage the tights. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, I don't know about you, like I don't really associate Harley Quinn with the Birds of Prey team. Mm-hmm. But there is history there. Like seeing this, it's like, okay, so it makes sense that she's part of the Birds of Prey movie. Which uh excuse me. Um, and we meet Harley's family in Bensonhurst in Gotham City Sirens number seven, which, which is in 2009. Yeah. Which is funny because they do fully adapt that for the Harley Quinn animated series. Cause we talked about the Bensonhurst episode. Yeah. So and go you, check and I, that out. you and I didn't know, like, has the comic ever really tackled that? And it's like, it was, it was Gotham City Sirens, which I, I never picked up. I, I think I heard mixed things about it. I was reading it in time. 2009. So yeah. I, you weren't alive in 2009. No, yeah. born in 2012, right when the earth was supposed to end. So, what does that mean? What does that mean and for I me? I aged to 26. In wow. <laughs> What's going on with me, huh? Now, for, uh, I don't know about you, Sam, but for me, I think this is kind of like the moment for Harley Quinn, which is in 2009, also in 2009, same as, as that issue of Gotham City Sirens. Harley plays a major role in the popular, uh, she played a major role in the popular Batman Arkham games. Um, she was voiced by Arlene Sorkin again in Arkham Asylum and then by Tara Strong in the remainder of the series. And for me, I think this is where Harley became part of the zeitgeist. And weirdly, I think it's because those games sexualized her a lot. Yeah. She was always a sexualized character. I think there's one where she pops out of a cake and it, of course. It's suggestive. It's in the Batman animated series, but this was like she's like wearing a corset and stuff, and that's from that's when people started cosplaying as her. That's where like I think people started to like she she be it maybe because of the ubiquity of video games and especially these games because they were so successful. Oh my god! The, the, the when I remember the ad, the magazine ad for not nintendo power but it was the other one like, like with gamestop, 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 GameStop yeah, yeah. had one yeah um and they had their own magazine game and informer. i remember game informer yeah that's what it was. yeah i remember sitting on the toilet and mm-hmm. i was reading that and uh, where else are you gonna read magazines and i remember the ad for uh, arkham asylum and i was like oh my god that game i can't believe how much fun i had playing that game of course it's it is incredible. it's a batman one but it's just endless fun well the thing is though most of your games before that blue like they're bad like most superhero games are just just cash-ins i'm trying to think i think the best superhero game i played prior to that was spider-man 2 because of the mechanic but like the the game's dated um and then i the played the crap out of that game ultimate alliance games the x-men legends ultimate alliance stuff was was fun x-men wolverine was actually really good i never played it but i heard good things because it is very good you like get wounds in the game and, and stuff you can like heal. that oh it's so cool it's so gross and looking at the stuff like batman looking at the ads for arkham i was like batman looks too big like whatever and then you play it and you're like oh this is incredible coolest fighting mechanics ever also i will always remember this reveal it's yeah. um it's when a uh it's when you can like use your like sonar vision you can see through a few walls yeah and you knew there was a cell hidden 
in between all these rooms you were going between there's like there's a room that you can't get to yeah. and there's a person there's a prisoner in there but we can't figure out who it is and when you break in you get punched in the face and Bane turns on the venom and it was Bane hidden into nice, there and you're like yeah. oh my god this is it was one it was a cool one because it could have been anybody yeah and Bane looks like a monster in that game it's ridiculous but yeah the Arkham games what is your uh, have you I've only played the three main ones which is Arkham Asylum Arkham City and Arkham Knight. I only played the first two. The first two, for me, uh, the third one's really good. You get to do the Batmobile and stuff, but for me, I think the best one is still the second one. Yeah, City. So I did play a little bit of it because I played a little bit of Origins because it was actually we were at E3 when they were doing it. Yeah. And, um, but I didn't get to the story. And Arkham Knight, I played a little bit because it was when I was living with Steve and he was playing it. So yeah. I would play like with the I do the 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 Batmobile and stuff. And it was cool. Like yeah. it was very fun rolling around. That that thing's a full tank. Yes. So cool though. Really big fan. Yeah. No, I think. City is my favorite just because of the mechanics of going around everywhere mm-hmm. and goddamn Riddler trophies. Fuck. I always got all of them. No. Yeah, I always got no, all of them. No, on principle, I didn't. didn't. I didn't just because I wanted to beat the Riddler. He kept mocking me and I didn't want him to think he would win. I mean, I'm Batman. I have to go get the Riddler. Yeah. There's still rumors about what uh, Rocksteady's next like DC game is going to be. There was that Batman tease. They did a Batman tease a little while oh, that's ago. That's right. I don't need another Batman game. Give me Superman. Give me the Justice League. Give me something. There's no way they haven't like tried the mechanics for like Superman. They're like, fuck. How do you slow it's him tough. down? Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a tough like. What do you do to? And I think like uh, the Batman Arkham games owe a lot to like Metroid. And I don't know what the equivalent would be to for Superman. Did you uh, ever play any of the Lego? Flash Batman Two would games? also be challenging. But did you play Lego games? No, I've heard good things, but I haven't played any of them. Lego Batman Three mm-hmm. is a just a Justice League game, but they l- labeled it as Lego yeah. Batman because it's all it's Brainiac. <laughs> so yeah. he comes to Earth and he starts bottling cities, but he also captures all the different lantern cores so it's wow. like oh it's, it's all of it and there was at one point where you team up with like batman villains to go take on brainiac cool and robin's teamed up with them and killer croc like vomits up dr fate's helmet and it's like all these like weird interconnected things but you get every character in those games that's cool every character so if Lego can do it you can do it rocks it i yeah. believe in oh you. using flash's powers in that game are real fun because they do like the trail behind you yeah and you can run up you can you're the only character that can run up uh walls and stuff that's a fun one i feel like you you the um uh god of war game did a good job of a tremendously powerful character having it be fun and energetic i feel like but he does have to walk so there is like a there's a pacing thing to it where you can only go so fast yeah superman can go as fast as he wants but you already have the detective no superman you don't even have to have some weird sci-fi excuse like that's just one of his powers you know but like you gotta uh, you know what we could pitch a game one day and Mm -hmm. see if we can figure it out we'll go to rock city we'll make some pitches there's no way there haven't been multiple teams at multiple studios been trying to figure this out where it's like Greenland is another challenging one. Probably the most challenging one because like, you're supposed to be able to create anything with that ring. Mm-hmm. I and mean, you probably get like you get boxing gloves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a suit, gun. maybe. <laughs> a gun. gun. <laughs> um, and so uh, 2009 was the uh, Arkham game. In 2011, Harley was a big part of um, the New 52 relaunch. That was the first time she was part of the Suicide Squad in the comics. Which makes sense. Yeah. And of course, uh, like the Arkham games, now the comics followed suit. Her suit became a lot more sexualized. Oh. And in uh, 2013, uh, she got a new solo series by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti, who are our husband and wife team. And uh, Chad, Chad Harden was on art. And again... Because uh, I'm a dummy. I thought that was her first solo series. It was in 2013. 2014. Um, she was actually... Remember in the uh, season two episode of Arrow, Suicide Squad, where they go to get him out. And there's the, the Harley 
uh, you see the back of Harley and there's a laugh or whatever. And it's Tara Strong. Yeah, did the voice of that. And apparently, according to multiple sources, she was actually supposed to appear in the show. Stephen Amell said she was supposed to be in the season two finale, but due to schedule, due to just there was so many so much in the finale, she got cut of season two of season two, which was when they were taking on Deathstroke and like the whole city was at oh, war basically. And you're gonna have Harley Quinn pop up. In yeah, there? so it makes sense that she she was cut. And then the actress that played Thea was like the basically the Suicide Squad movie killed any chance of Harley showing up in the show and the Suicide Squad. Kind yes. of as a whole, they kind yeah. of killed the entire because idea. Because if I remember correctly, that episode was actually also spo- – they were already doing the backdoor stuff with Flash, trying to launch the Flash show. But the Suicide Squad was also kind of like, hey, you want more of this? Which, yeah, I would have, but then the movie killed any chance of that. By the way, uh, I'm for the CW shows, just give it a shout-out because it's yeah. a TV shout-out. Uh, Legends has a new intro, which I actually really liked. Yeah. And Flash has a new intro, which is really cool. And cool. Diggle's a big part of the first episode back. And I'm. Uh, I want to check that out just because of him. I, yeah. I like the setup so far. And Cisco. And you know what? It's a cool setup, but also it's still got a lot of baggage. A lot of baggage. A lot of baggage. But to yes, deal with. 2016, speaking of the Suicide Squad, that's their film debut. And that's when the whole while the whole world already kind of knew about Harley Quinn, which yeah. is kind of cool. Yeah. For Paul Dini. Mm hmm. He's probably not getting any money from that. Yeah, but yeah, cool. It, yeah. It, it, I mean, he gets a name in the credits. I mean, I hope so. I hope, like, it, you know, who, when it comes to creators and what money they get, I know DC does have a program to, for, for the creators to get some of their characters' appearance, but there's also weird stuff like, I think it was weird enough. Oh, it was Killer Frost. So the version of Killer Frost in oh. the show is not the original Killer Frost. Mm-hmm. So because the guy that created Killer Frost didn't create that version, he doesn't get any money. And the person that created that version, because there is an original Killer Frost, doesn't, doesn't get, get any money. Very good. So that that kind of stupid bullshit. Very good. Uh, and that creator came out and talked about it. So I don't know if that, that has been resolved since then. Well, now she's Frost. Totally different. <laughs> yeah. So Totally I, different. I hope they – I know it's I, – I understand – you've got teams of people. You can figure this out. I know it's challenging to like – so many of these creators, so many different creators created these characters, but like, especially if they're getting, you know, bigger name recognition, Harley Quinn, like Paul Dini should be getting a check for that shit. Like, come on. Her name's on the poster. Yeah. Come on. Uh, and you had written here about Duella Dent, which is interesting. Yeah. So I don't know for me, like the Harley Quinn was a, obviously a big deal, but there was an actual, there was actually a character named Harlequin. Uh-huh. Uh, all the way back in the golden age, she was actually um, a antagonist for Alan Scott's Green Lantern. Cool, and it's like really weird to read. Obviously, I wasn't around to read those comics, so it's just, I have to go back and look it up. But she became a villain because she had a crush on Alan Scott. Yep, and she wanted his attention, and he was married at the time. And then I don't know whether so Star was, Sapphire, yeah, basically. And then, but then his wife dies, and then he realized he was in love with Harlequin the whole time, and he got married to her. But then we're now we're into the like. Uh, uh, post-crisis now he's an old man but wait no he's still young because of whatever bullshit the justice society is still around but she's aged like a normal person so she makes a deal with the devil whatever all that stuff i think i think with where they landed before new 52 is they were both old which is fine um there's also the there's been a few harlequins uh in the in the line of uh green lantern alan Alan scott's green lantern uh, uh one in the like 90s when kyle rayner was was green lantern that was like sexy and hot and and then Alan Scott became young again, and she was trying to whatever. Um, That's comic books. Yeah, they can all make like illusions and stuff like that. The original ones were through their glasses, mm-hmm. which was like golden age bullshit. Like I have these glasses, and they make 
illusions. It's like, all right, I mean, whatever. And then the uh, one that still kind of has some cachet is Dwella Dent, who was introduced in 1976. Um, and she, her, she's also weird because she went by Joker's daughter. And then they called her out on that. And then she said she was Riddler's daughter. And then they called her on that. And she said she was Catwoman's daughter. And eventually you find out she's Harvey Dent's daughter. And she, but she took on the name Harlequin when she joined uh, the Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. And Bob Rosakis, uh, who created Dwella, uh, is actually quoted as saying, actually, I consider Harley Quinn to be a reincarnation of Dwella. And he said that in context of he didn't really like the direction other writers were taking uh, Joker's daughter. Like, I, I don't know if this was at the time where she's like wearing Joker's severed face and stuff. Yeah, well, so that was that's New 52 stuff. Yeah, that's New 52 stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's also worth pointing out that in Tangent Comics, which is this, uh, Dan Jurgens was responsible for creating this like alternate DC universe that used the name of characters, but they were very different. There's a Joker in that who's a female. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, you and I, I think when we were doing this podcast, we watched, or maybe it was for SourceFed, we watched Justice League Gods and Monsters. Which is dope. Yeah, and that features a version of Harley Quinn that's yeah. killed by um, th- that version of Batman's like a vampire. And Bruce Tim said he specifically, that version of Harley Quinn's based around the New 52 version because he didn't like the redesign. And so it was his way of like putting a, a dig on that. Everyone's petty, huh? Yeah. So that's that's... A brief history of Harley Quinn in the comics. Um, and yeah, so I don't know about you. For me, the her big breakout, because it's it's interesting to see like where a character blows up. So I, I like with The Flash, I think his big moment was the CW show. Once he you know, Arrow is already success. Flash is already a popular character, but I think his like zeitgeist grabbing moment where everybody kind of knows who Barry Allen is is the flash tv show mm-hmm. and i think maybe that for harley was the arkham games what do you think yeah no, that sounds right not uh not that tv movie justice league thing where barry allen and guy gardner team up is not the one you're thinking about huh remember that one the made for tv movie? oh justice that one league yeah, with yeah, fire yeah, and yeah. ice, fire and ice. no i don't think that was martian Ant- manhunter uh, yeah yeah and a weird green mask no no shaming of bodies mm-hmm. or anything but the actor <laughs> they got for him had quite a tummy <laughs> and it's funny because they put him in a form fitting yeah. suit yeah. so a front on whatever but when he turned to the side yeah. he looked like the penguin <laughs> but like with the type like yeah. the full like diaper thing that he yeah. wears anyways watching that i was like whoa yeah. <laughs> it was like an optical illusion what's cool though i i think about that sometimes because you could make that just you could basically make that justice league lineup now with the characters from the CW, because you had the Adam, you had Barry Allen's Flash, you had Martian Manhunter. The only one that you don't have is Fire and Ice, but you could you put, do fire. You can do fire from Powerless, and you could do Frost as your ice, or just a new fire. You can make a new fire. Yeah, easy uh, firestorm, uh, and then Green Lantern. But you could put Diggle in there as your Green Lantern. That'd be cool. Yeah, I'd watch that Justice League, man. Diggle showed up in Flash, but it's before they headed to Metropolis. So it's like, I want it. I don't know if you're allowed to do it, but legally I want it. they can't say. Green, they can't Damn say it. Green Lantern, but they could show the Stupid. image from the movie. That's all they could do. They were like, that's Well, because that's probably referencing that movie as an alternate Earth. So they're like, okay. Yeah, well, that's safe. We try to pretend that movie doesn't exist. But but yeah, it's interesting to see where... And it's cool to see the, the character take on... Like, thinking about... I'm sorry, I'm still hung up on her solo series. Thinking about the new 52 solo series and what that did to distance her from Joker and create her own personality. It makes me think like... What was the original 38 issues of Harley Quinn about? Like, because she was still working for Joker. She's just getting beat by Joker. And maybe like, that's where, like, they kind of lean more into, like, the Poison Ivy relationship, yeah, possibly. Maybe. Or she was her own, trying to be her own criminal, but not, like, really dealing with the emotional abuse that she's, and physical and yeah. mental and probably sexual abuse that she mm-hmm. got from the Joker. It's so weird that the Joker has sex. 
it's not fun to think about. There's not a version of the Joker where it's cool to think about. But they're adult, like they're adults, like they are cartoon characters. They're comic yeah. book characters, but that that happens. Also, they joke about yeah. it on Harley Quinn show, which but they do it in a fun way. Yeah, um, and they kind of don't. It's interesting that the the uh, Birds of Prey movie kind of like doesn't dive into that like it's implied but we don't spend any time with it we was like yeah thanks yeah thanks thanks for that yeah scoop past this yeah that's okay especially the jared but i guess he's the is the jared leto joker the quote-unquote sexiest joker no i think the sexiest is still caesar romero oh, you know what good point yeah, solid point yeah. uh, duh you're what crazy. are you talking about um, the or one the that, one that cut off his face <laughs> <laughs> it's also and it's between those uh and on the other end of the spectrum it's Wow, we're really on a tangent here. I don't. I don't think the Heath Ledger version of Joker seems very un, unsexual. Like, he's yeah, just, he's anarchy as he's his lover, barely a person. Yeah, yeah. he's just, you know, he's just like an idea. Yeah, Batman's an idea. He stands for hope or whatever. You know, whatever garbage. Uh, what's that Rick and Morty joke that like you just mish around the superhero origins and they're all the same people yeah. over, and over again? Anywho, so speaking of heroes, anti-heroes. Yes, Harley Quinn. <laughs> Because we're not really spoiling anything in the movie, which I think we're doing a pretty good job. So, hey, if you yeah. haven't watched the movie, we recommend you checking it out. Uh, Harley dies at the end. Anyways, but no spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah no uh, spoilers. We're good to go. She's definitely not going to be in Suicide Squad. No, definitely. Yeah. Uh, there actually is a reference to Suicide Squad, which I appreciate it. Yeah. It does toe the line in a pretty elegant way from like acknowledging that like Suicide Squad happened. Mm-hmm. Other DC shit happened. Yeah. It doesn't matter, though, because we're just telling this story. Exactly. And also, like, some of it might be rewritten. And, you know, we're just going to... Because I think that was the... I, somebody asked me about Joker not showing up today. Uh, and it's one of those that, like... In one in one way, it benefits the movie because he doesn't like suck any more oxygen from from what the movie's trying to do. But also, I think it's the to- like literally a Joker movie just came out. We don't know what Matt Reeves if Matt Reeves has any plans for the Joker and his movies. Mm-hmm. And so it's better just we'll see, mm-hmm. we'll see. But I would like to see, and I you know what I was getting poo pooed for this. I actually wouldn't mind to see a version of Joaquin Phoenix's Joker with Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. She apparently has been on the record saying like she doesn't think her Harley would vibe with that Joker. I agree, but go on. No, go but on I it. just, I, I, I would like to, I think, I think walking, especially if maybe he, you know, was allowed to play a more traditional take on it. And I think, uh, Lakeith, but would he want to? I don't know. Yeah, but, uh, that's it. Yeah. But also I think Lakeith Stanfield was talking about like wanting to play the Joker. And it's like, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I've seen you play a freak in the Death Note movie. <laughs> you can play the freak, but now we got to make you like interesting. Yeah. That, oh, you like that movie. God, that was fine. I'm not going to so defend confusing. it. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to defend it. You've gone to the <laughs> sword for that yeah. one, whatever. Um, but, <clears> I've written <throat> Netflix. I want more. <laughs> uh, good on Adam Wingard. Um, yeah, no, that would be, I, it, whatever. You know how I appreciate that the use of the Joker is non-existent except for like an yeah. animated piece in the beginning because it looks like Jared Leto but also just like looks like the Joker it doesn't yeah. look like a comic book version of the Joker it just looks like the Joker which yeah. is cool because it doesn't have any of the like, damage tattoos or anything it's which like, by the way I think there's a re- I've probably said this before I think there's a really easy out with those because he's literally his skin is literally bleached with acid you could just be like yeah the ink doesn't stay mm-hmm. you know, I get tattooed the and then it just melts away you let's keep dumping you inside that uh, Acme chemical plant good to go yeah or you know what Ezra you know Ezra Miller's movie's supposed to be like a soft reboot with the Flashpoint stuff it's like well I'll just there you go uh, scoot it aside just move on also uh, in the comics they're getting ready to introduce a new henchwoman for Joker called Punchline who looks really cool she does and it looks like she might be closer in line with in Brian Azzarello and Lieber Mejo's Joker graphic novel which I highly recommend 
Harley doesn't speak in that. She's kind of Joker's heavy. Like she, she's almost more like a Mercy Graves figure where she like gets stuff done. Mm-hmm. And it feels like Punchline's a similar thing where instead of being like Joker's kind of punching bag, like she Punchline actually is the muscle. And it would be interesting to see what their relationship ends up being if it's more like business. Uh, yeah, and I, then seeing Harley and her have to interact would be interesting. Yeah, they've been labeling her Punchline as Joker's new girlfriend. It's like yeah, she could just be a hench person. Hmm? Let's just, you know, let's just have her be a hench person. Uh, but like. Yeah, it's it will be interesting. We'll yeah. see how it goes. Oh, and so it's James Tinian's, yeah. uh, Tynan's, whatever his name is. Yeah, uh, it's his run on Batman right now. That's, that's my understanding. Um, which is pretty cool right now. It's yeah. pretty solid. Um, do, do, how does it compare to King's run? It's more standard. Okay, but uh, I like like it's vibes from like whenever uh, James wrote for Justice League main title Justice League Dark, which is very good, mm-hmm. and also he was in like he's. He has a really good handle on Batman with like the Batman t- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossover. So yeah. He writes all those. Um, so he's got a good idea of, and what to do with the character. And I think he's handling all the story beats well. Also, did you hear the news that like Tom King was like, yeah, I didn't want to like kill Alfred. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do that. I wanted it to be a fake out because he did like a million fake outs in that mm-hmm. series. Yeah. Um, he's like, but DC liked the response. So we had to keep it. And then um, he's like, yeah, it was, I didn't want to do it. Like, mm-hmm. which also you did it. You yeah. added it. You wanted it for the shock value. Don't be too surprised if people yeah. wanted to keep it. So he'll come back eventually for some reason. Yeah, that's the tough thing with like these these comic characters that have been around forever. It, it all just also he's an old man kind of cycles. Yeah, he, you talk about Aunt May being eighty forever long. How long, how long has she Alfred had been? Cancer, all this? Got over it. <laughs> She's she, the, it just got fixed. Um, by the way, the right now Lucius is like stepping in, but yeah. it's not. He's like, yeah, I'm not Alfred, so I can't. I don't know what you're talking about. Like he'll yeah. help with the tech stuff and they'll make, they've made some new gadgets, which are pretty fun. Cool. One was basically a rail gun that shot Batman out of the bat plane, like really fast. And he mm-hmm. rode down the side of a building yeah. and he's like, yeah, if you do it wrong, your spinal snap at the bottom, go ahead, go. <laughs> and it was like, Oh, I like that. You admit that like, yeah, Batman can't see right now because he's going too fast. He's going so fast. <laughs> that was that was pretty. There's little bits of humor in there, but it's only to how ridiculous the character is. So with Harley Quinn blowing up, we've been talking about uh, again. You go to YouTube.com/slash Only Stupid Answers. We've got our reviews for Harley Quinn. With Harley Quinn's like stock on the rise, is there is there any stuff you'd like to see? Where would you like to maybe see the character go in the future? Is there any other kind of characters that are like B list? That and again, I gotta say that's I think one of my favorite things about this current rise of like superhero films is that it's not like the best like the benchmark superhero films for either franchise isn't right now isn't like Spider Man and Wolverine and Batman and Superman it's Iron Man and Captain America Black Panther, Black Panther Wonder Woman Harley Quinn and it's like great Shazam of all Shazam's people Shazam got, and Aquaman has a successful movie yes good for him yeah. So uh, is already more a- successful than the Justice League movie, which is yeah bananas. Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, I like the idea. Also, if they take a page from the Harley Quinn series, the on DC Universe, if they wanted to introduce a crop of like Batman villains that like they're never gonna be in. They're never going to be in anything. Yeah. But this is Harley's crew because she like kind of scoops up the like strays, the ones that like, <laughs> like Zebra Man, where he tries to go out there and like uh, do something for Bat- like against Batman, but he, of course he loses. So yeah. he teams up with Harley and it's kind of like a band of misfit toys that work together to like either, it's like an anti-hero thing where it's like Robin Hood, but you have him do more shitty things. <laughs> It'd be interesting if you, if it also would be kind of a cool, I know we're getting a solo Batman film, but it'd also be kind of a cool way to use Batman where he just like, keeps popping up in other movies like Batman and the Outsiders Batman and the da, 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 like just introducing the, and they do that with Harley Quinn where she just keeps 
they did creating like, these little teams. They did it with Iron Man. Yeah. Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> and Hulk. Yeah. So so there you go. I, I think that would be cool. It'd be interesting to see with the Birds of Prey. I'm a question fan. And a lot of those characters have ties to either the question or ties to characters like Lady Shiva who have ties to the question. It'd be interesting to see if like we see some of more of those street level heroes like the question or when well, Justice League Unlimited question has a relationship with Huntress. So question has a relationship with Huntress uh, and a uh, relationship with Lady Shiva, who's a relationship with Cassandra Cain, uh, has a relationship with Renee Montoya. Yeah, it really comes together. Yeah, so, and then, and then like, uh, just Green Arrows, like, now, especially now that his show's done, like, maybe some of those street level. I don't know what you do that would be different than Birds of Prey. Ah. You know what I mean? Because Birds of Prey is your kind of your street level characters you know what i mean well okay here's a question for you about the movie and it's yes. pretty spoiler free so if you haven't seen the movie you can stick around yeah uh regarding black canary yes do you think there's enough info in the movie as a, as a critique yes do you think there's enough info in the movie to explain what she can do i mean for me yes which but is also the everyone knows she does the screaming thing. yeah, yeah. uh which, for, me, for me yes but because uh, I think they, they, the breadcrumbs are really interesting, but I also do know that stuff. So I think if you're going in cold, I don't but know like, if but you, you know what, understand though. But the character actually is kind of well known enough that it's not a huge surprise. Yeah, and I think Marvel does the same bullshit. Like where where it's like at the end of Avengers, here's Thanos' purple face, and you expect the nerds in the crowd to explain what the fuck that is to mm-hmm. people that don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. You kind of expect you you, you expect your built in audience to like explain everything yeah but it's not like but it's like if at the end of the iron man movie iron man got in the suit and you're like that's what he does or no what's a better example <clears throat> you had cyclops walking around with sunglasses the whole time fighting people with yeah. his fist and at the end he does the eye thing and you're like, like what why didn't he do that like earlier and yeah. then he passes out and you're like oh yeah i guess that makes sense i i think they do because they really we, anyways we, for people who haven't watched it they kind of they save it but when they do do the canary stuff it's cool as shit it's so cool and and like we said in a review i think the the biggest praise i can give that movie is it makes me want more mm-hmm. i think that's you know what, Same. what any of these superhero movies is trying to do is trying to get you to want more with these characters in that world and it makes me really i honestly think it might be i, th- I think our friend hector navarro posted like his ranking of the dc movies mm-hmm. um and i think he put birds of prey over wonder woman which i would not do i think wonder woman's still top of the heap for me but birds of prey wait for the second one yeah same and, but i think it's like wonder woman and then and then birds of prey and then like and then it goes down the list you know what i mean in mean, um, birds of prey too like you have harley in there or you have a new harley like kind of like maybe evil girl squad movie but like they could do a bank robber and wonder woman shows up by accident you're like hey, you're all dead yeah. <laughs> oh my god you're all dead and then she teams up with him and then we get the ultimate yeah girl gang girl gang uh, anyways harley the also as a critique in that i said in the movie review that we did on our youtube channel uh i think in the first third of the movie harley is full like meme harley not yeah. meme humor but like the way people kind of think of her in a negative way yeah. they lean into that and then they they bolster her up as a solo character but also as an ensemble character and she becomes a really strong version of harley by like like from halfway moving forward and yeah. i really like what they do with the character and where she ends up because she still is harley yeah. a version of her from the cartoons from the comics the video games whatever but she's different and unique to what these movies are and yeah. that's so cool because it only could really happen because of what margot robbie's doing so i'm very thankful that she's like kind of 
fostered this little corner of the DC universe. It's very cool, and I would like more of it. And I think between this and the show, again, they're using Harley as a vehicle to talk about getting out of a toxic relationship or getting out of a relationship, or in some ways just getting out of a, a long-term relationship. And finding yourself. Yeah, and I think that's so cool. And I think it's it's a unique thing that only Harley could really provide within comic the comic book universe and it's something i think the birds of prey owes a lot to the deadpool movies and its tone but because just by the nature of it starling starring harley quinn and black canary and huntress it becomes a very different thing and has a very different energy uh, even if the creative impetus is similar and uh, i'm thankful for it and again I, there's just something really great about like yeah if you're on the fence and you've seen a bunch of superhero movies this provides you a, a unique twist on all the superhero movies you've seen before. And I think that's, if you're fans like us, that's gotta be something you want. You want like, we've seen all the other things, you know what I mean? This is something a little bit new and some and different and fun while still keeping all the stuff you love. Some people are saying that it had on John wick level action. And I'm like, I, you know, that's pretty, John wick's pretty bonkers. But then I remember that this gets pretty bonkers with yeah. what a person's capable of doing with a baseball bat. Yeah. Oh, and Chad Stileski, who directed the John Wick movies, came on as a second unit director. Ah, and, and he's been. Uh, I was looking for a name yeah, to help, and he's been and he's been credited as as specifically helping bolster the action, which uh, I you know I think ended up in the action in this movie. That's the case. I think was a really great choice. Yeah, they. Since I think he really helped. You know, Kathy Ann is the director, and it's her vision. And it, but I think he helped facilitate that vision in a really. Good way. And that's a good team. Yeah. And then Birds of Prey is a good team. Yes. So I would like more Birds of Prey, please. And then when we did our review, we gave a shout out to other female superheroes we'd like to see join the Birds of Prey. And I'm going to reiterate, Big Bardo would be really cool. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't mind if you threw in like... if it's Birds of Prey, if you threw in like maybe like a teen sidekick to like, like if you threw like a Wonder Girl in there or like Batgirl is the one you want to be yeah, in Yeah, I want Barbara Gordon in there, especially since maybe we could start getting hints of like maybe if um, Barbara Gordon's in kind of like a more Oracle mode, mm-hmm. maybe she can train Cassandra Kane to be like oh, her Batgirl, cool. which would be cool. And maybe you could get, since this kind of, Cassandra Kane's pretty different, although you do get a little nod to her not, her very first moment right before she speaks, she like is coughing, which actually has a, thinking back on it, has a story point why she does, but it also is a nod to the fact that in the comics she doesn't speak. But I think it'd be cool that, you know, maybe you could combine combine her with like the Stephanie Brown character and like... And they keep her heritage pretty, her parentage, I yeah. mean, uh, pretty vague. So yes. you could do the stuff like Which I think is, could lead to nothing but cool things in sequels. Very cool. Yeah. Well, gang, hope you enjoyed it. Let us know what you thought. Giving us a five-star review on Please. iTunes. I know that's kind of uh, a gimme if you give us five stars and say you didn't like the episode. Too bad. Mm-hmm. We got the five stars. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at OnlyStupidAnswers. Nick Alabas from Stupid. At Sam Basher. At DJ Talks Trash. And check out Patreon.com slash OnlyStupidAnswers. We're doing new review shows coming out very soon. Talking about Disney Plus series. Maybe we'll talk about Gargoyles. The only way to find out what we're up to is by, hey, following at the very least. You'll get updates for what's happening. And as low as five bucks a month, you get a bunch of cool shit. So check it out. If you're interested, we'd appreciate it. And until next time, gang, we'll see you then. Bye-bye.